You're listening to Empath at Work. Come share this space with us as we explore how we harness empathy in life and at work. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Empaths at Work. Today, you have the three of us, and the topic of discussion is betting on yourself. We're going to be talking a little bit about the process of leaving companies. I think this is something that we don't discuss enough. When to leave, what to look for when you're looking for new options, how to prepare for that transition, both for yourself and for the company that you're leaving. And then just some, I'm sure, insightful conversation around the process of deciding where you fit and why you fit there. So welcome to the episode on betting on yourself. And I'm not entirely sure how this is going to go because we haven't decided who's going to be the EU moment of the week. But without further ado, let's there. hear it for the gets old. Um, all right, ladies. So when was the last time one of us, us was empathetic in, in our lives? I would say that's earlier this week for you girls. No. So I, you know, it's, it's kind of no secret that I've been juggling quite a lot of things on my plate. So I really appreciated how both of you were very empathetic in listening to, you know, me talking about all these things that I had on my plate and asking how you could help and whether it was um, what I could take off my plate and help me talk through that decision. So I, I was at the receiving end of your empathy earlier this week, and I really appreciated that. Oh, of course. course. I love that. What a great example. And I think you know, it, it just comes down to, right, like looking around you and seeing where there's opportunities to help and support people you care about and people that are in your inner circle. And of course, I'm so glad that we could be here for you. So what a great example. This feels very inclusive and also very much of the tone of this conversation where we're looking at how how to really be I guess, empathetic to yourself and also empathetic to your colleagues when you're making that choice to transition to a new role that's right for you and for your career path. And might I add, regardless of what anybody else thinks about it, it's how you can kind of guide yourself in that path and and figure out what's right for you. So Yeah. And I think at times like where you're mentioning, Cheyenne, where you're feeling like super overwhelmed are times where we kind of often like reflect on this and figure out like, what do we want and like what's going to be the most filling and like how should we be spending our time because I think it's just such a hard balance to to like master of what is the right balance and when am I like putting too much into work or not getting enough out of it Um, so I think it's really important to to have this conversation especially just with the great resignation that seems to continue to go on you know it's really hard for people especially leaders to find people to bring into their organizations. And there's really a need for organizations to step up and provide employees with what they need and what they want, especially when it comes to companies moving away from being in the office and away from having a tighter kind of control around culture. Um, And in just talking to some of my colleagues, it makes it difficult to bring other people on because there are so many competitive advantages elsewhere. And with the great res- resignation, it's about making sure that you're 
you're looking out for yourself and you're finding the right steps forward and you're advocating for yourself because like we learned from Ellen, you're not going to be able to, to move forward unless you're your biggest advocate. And I think the beauty of this community and certainly the beauty that others have in their own communities is being able to look around them and say, I have a lot going on and, and I need support. And that's when I think the world lends its the world lends itself a little bit better to helping people find what's right for them and for their next steps, whatever yeah. that might look like. And so, knowing that we all have switched or made career changes in about the last year or so, with Katie, you being the most recent, mm-hmm. um, let's dive into a little bit of how we made that decision of when to make that move, and also maybe other times where we decided to to hold tight and to see it through. Yeah. You know, I can speak for myself. I think, um, I recently made a, a, a change in my career path, probably, um, less predictable than, than most (laughs) changes. Um, I, I was a career kind of salesperson, account management, strategic partner, whatever kind of phrase you want to assign to it. And I, I felt like that was a good place for me. And then, and then I met Amanda and Amanda, (laughs) she, she helped me see that I could be, I could be something different and I could really elevate the way that I engage with, with people to drive strategy and drive strategic conversations. And so I was able to, I'm so flattered by Do you not remember that meeting? I do, but I don't remember this impact. I'm like, oh my gosh. But continue. No. (laughs) I'm glad I get to say it to you now because I feel like that was a huge, it was a defining moment. And in that, in that instance, I I felt really seen. And I think in those moments you also have the opportunity to to look for a change that's going to be right for your career path. And and even in the most recent transition to from a from a product role back into account management or sales again strategic partner whatever kind of phrase you want to assign to it um, I prefer strategic partner so we'll use that for the rest of the episode but I think you know you have an opportunity to look at your surroundings look at your life look at your goals say what is going to get me to a place that's going to accomplish the needs that I have for the role that I'm in mm-hmm. um, and for me I, I I was craving a more um, roomy work-life balance. And I needed to be able to detach myself from the work. And sometimes, and and I'm hoping you guys can relate to this, but you, you can find yourself so intertwined with your work that it's really hard to turn it off. And sometimes you need to make a switch in order for you to realign that boundary that you create with work. Um, And so for me, that was a big part of it. And I also, I have financial goals that I want to meet and I, and I knew there was an opportunity for me to change career paths to essentially get on the fast track to meeting some of my personal goals that I have for myself. And that for me felt like a really important impetus to look inside and say, what is the change that I can make and do something that, you know, three or four months prior to making that decision felt very scary and very risky. And that all brings it back to the theme of this discussion, which is betting on yourself and saying, you know what, I believe that I have the skills, I've developed the understanding that that I need to be successful in my career. And 
at the end of the day, the way I look at it is I get to support people and help make their jobs easier by being their partner in crime. And so that is for me, the biggest reason why I decided it was time for me to, to look into a new opportunity and make that transition to better meet my goals while also taking what I learned on this podcast, which came down to what are my skills? What are my talents? What's ingrained in me? What fills me up? What gives me the opportunity to be more connected to who I am? And I think that's that was a big part of this decision is saying, what are my strengths and what am I passionate about and finding something that better aligned to it. And we'll get into it about the team aspect of it. And this has nothing to do with the previous team that I was on because they were absolutely incredible, but it had everything to do with me saying, I have an opportunity to make a decision that's more aligned to who I want to be and where I want to go. So that's a very long answer to the question of when do you know when it's time to go? But there's really, I mean, yes, but insightful because like what I'm hearing from that is to your point, like a lot of what we've been talking about on the podcast, like the empathy to like look inwards and like figure out like what you're feeling, what you want to get out of your position, but also what you mentioned too, and just the conversations that you have with other people that can help inform like, is this like going to be the right fit for me? And I've always when figuring out if I want to stay or like make a move is those not only looking inward, but those conversations that you have and like starting to like network Mm -hmm. and understand like what it's like to be in this type of role or outside of this company, you know, how have you transitioned? Those are always, I think, helpful things that I've found helpful. What about you, Cheyenne? Yeah, I guess for me, you know, I base it a lot on um, figuring out if I still enjoy what I do. So that mm-hmm. that attribute is extremely important to me when I'm thinking about um, career paths and taking up roles. And um, I realize that I enjoy my work more when I have visibility on the impact that I'm making either to the organization or to um, its customers or to the employees and my colleagues, the whole ecosystem that I work with. So one thing that I do realize, though, uh, when I think about work I enjoy is that it is completely unrealistic to expect me to be enjoying every single thing I do every single day. So something that I've learned is, you know, it's incredibly cyclical. Mm -hmm. Um, I go through these periods where, you know, most of the time when I'm super swamped uh, and all things are happening at once and I go, yeah, I'm not really enjoying this at the moment because I don't have the space and the time to really sit and reflect and enjoy sort of looking at the impact of the work I'm doing, right? Because it's just mm-hmm. absolutely nonstop. And so you feel like it's taking a while um, to actually see the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. Um But for me, I always tell myself never, ever, ever to make a decision when I'm in the down part of that cycle. So smart. So true. I'm so smart. Yeah. I never want to look back at a decision and regret it because I made it in a place where I was just in a negative headspace, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, that's, that's the first thing that I think about is, am I enjoying it? Is this the part of the cycle where I'm not enjoying it? And should I maybe 
kind of get over this hump a little bit either by having a conversation with my manager about what's on my plate and my bandwidth. Um, is it by taking a couple of days off and just to relax a little bit and to not think about work and make that my entire identity? Um, you know, just do what I need to to kind of get myself out of that down that that trough of this idea. Yeah. I learned um, something really important from a um, really um, credible source, The Real Housewives, where they said <laughs> never make decisions when you're hungry, angry, or tired. So when you so were saying smart. that, it is so true because those are like you, you want to be like an irrational mindset when you are making that decision. I mean, who hasn't after like a rough day of work gone online and like applied, like done easy applied? <laughs> I haven't. I get too stressed out from the whole applying for jobs thing that I'm just like, no, I'm going to go and do an art project instead. And just completely That's unplug. a better choice, Katie. <laughs> I respect I it though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a middle ground we can find. Um, the other thing that comes to mind uh, for me to when I'm trying to figure out what I what I want to do next or if I feel like at this point in my career like I can't like there's no place for me to go like I'm not learning and I don't see an opportunity mm -hmm. to grow um, was using that book designing your life I absolutely love it and I always go back to it because it's all about like one taking a a bigger picture look of like looking at your work and your personal life and what you want to accomplish, but like really looking at the core things that you enjoy doing and like going back and saying, am I doing these in my job and how does this show up? Or, you know, maybe I need to think about other ways that I can express that or figure out a new job or when I'm looking at res or, um, job descriptions, if there's going to be an opportunity to really use those skills, like you mentioned, Cheyenne, that you really enjoy it. Like, can I show my impact? Like, am I solving problems? That's a key thing. Like I need to be in a job where like I'm constantly challenged and like looking to build new solutions. Oh, this is an interesting question. Okay. So when we're yeah. thinking about what really fills us up from a role perspective and it can or cannot be related to your current job, it doesn't really matter. But like, what are those things that you look for? For me, it would it's not necessarily something that you can get from looking at a job description, yeah. um, but it is the space to be creative in finding solutions to problems that I care about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in those cases, um, yeah, I've just found it very difficult to find that out just from a job description. It typically happens, you know, when you have the opportunity to ask questions at the end of an interview. And even then, um, it's very hard to suss out. So for me, when I do find myself in a role or in an organization that does give you the space to do that, to find problems that you care about and the space to be creative to solve those problems, um, yeah, especially on those downward cycles that I talk about, like I, I tend to stay because I know that that's just not an easy thing to find. Yeah, I agree. I have such a hard time looking at job descriptions because I feel like I like a lot of variety in my role. And if it's just, you know, like 
manager of like customer success or something, I'm like, no, thanks. Like I need in every role that I've had, I feel like there's always been like an opportunity to like do more or like get involved in like extra projects. And like in the role I'm in today, it's like, that's where I'm always focused is on those projects. And that's my core responsibility, which I really enjoy. Although there's not, I don't enjoy every single project (laughs) that I'm working on, Um, which goes to your point. I think it is nice to focus on the projects that you really care about, like anything related to the customer and figuring out how do we learn more about mm-hmm. them and get smarter about those. Like I love the, like the research and like understanding aspect of that too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think there is, you can't find a job where you're like hundred percent invested in, yeah. in that. Right. So um, for example, the job that I, I'm in now, we're expected to still kind of maintain and perform in our core role. And we're very clear about what those metrics are that you need to deliver on. But 50% um, of your time is spent on these extracurricular projects that you yeah. kind of choose uh, to pick up. So uh, that's, that's kind of an I- ideal space for me, like 50-50. Yeah, because then you have kind of what can be expected versus some type of variety. I think that's so important, right, is being able to acknowledge if it's important to you that you want to connect with other people internally. And I think yeah, this is just a one of the lessons that I've learned in my career is I feel like a – I feel like an old woman. When I was younger, I learned. Um, <laughs> back no, in the day. Back in the day. No, but I, I think it's it's important for me to feel connected within the organization. And, and the biggest learning is that the way that you do your job and how successful you are is one thing, but also the brand that you create for yourself internally is entirely another thing. Yeah. And being able to balance the two and being able to work on some of those cross-functional projects is a good way to be able to meet other people and feel inspired and to see how things work. And for me, that's a really important aspect of a job is to be able to understand the how behind the why, the how behind the why, right? Yeah. 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 That sounds right. Um, I follow. Thank you. I appreciate that affirmation, (laughs) but I, I, I think it's, it's understanding the bigger picture, which is also another piece is like, for me, I need to be involved in strategy in some component and whether or not that's strategy of the team I'm on or strategy of the clients I'm working with, like thinking strategically is something that as we learned through the strength finders is a priority for me. And so it's doubling down on that and finding ways to be able to, to lean into strategy and also have autonomy over the work that I'm doing in some capacity. Yeah. I think autonomy is important. Like I find there's nothing more rewarding for me than getting people in a room together and being able to like work through a problem and come out with like a solution. Like that is gold to me. Oh my gosh. It's there's nothing <laughs> better. Like, yeah. Like you're and so that's goes to what you're saying too, Cheyenne. Like I had a really um good session today where we walked out and people were really excited about what we were building and um how we were going to get to those next steps and it was because like of you. going back to like empathy and <laughs> it was <laughs> going back though to like empathy and customer experiences we took the time up front to say like what's going to help you be the most successful and then we 
came up with an, a solution based in what we were trying to solve versus just like throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing if it sticks. And it just continues to go back to why we started this podcast, which is like, like the power of just asking the right questions yeah. and understanding like how that can best inform, like how you can make the company better and make help make employees' lives better and customers. So I'll get off. Sounds that. like a good day at work. <laughs> it was a good day. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. I'm curious how important it is for you guys to feel valued and some examples perhaps mm. of when you've actually felt the most valued in your role. I feel like what I just shared, like if I can leave a meeting and people feel excited about the next steps or even I have noticed too, even with my, um, like when my boss says like, you know, your team's doing a good job, even like just little things like that go a long way for me. And like, I don't need it every meeting, but every once in a while, like it definitely motivates me and re-energizes me. I definitely think I'm a words of affirmation gal. I like to, I like to hear that I'm on the right path, but I've also and Amanda, when you were my manager, I probably told you this. I'm like a feedback junkie. I cannot get enough feedback. I don't care whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Like I just need to know that either I'm on the right path or I need to redirect. And I think yeah. that's something that I'm always asking for. So for me to know and to feel good that I'm I'm doing that I'm on the right path. <laughs> just totally kicked my desk. Um, but to know that I'm on the right path, I think it's important for me to to get that feedback, whether it's from my manager or from my colleagues. Um, but it also feels so good when you're able to solve a problem and you're able to say, I closed the loop on this and I was able to deliver what was needed, whether that's to your team or to your colleague or, or to your client. It's, it's a matter of saying, I did this thing and I can kind of check it off the list. Not a, I'm not a lister. Like I'm not somebody who gets serotonin boosts from checking something off or crossing something off a list, but knowing that achiever. I, no, 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 no. I mean, not, not in the strength finder sense. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like to achieve personally, but I, I'm not somebody who gets fulfillment out of checking something off a list. But when I know that I was able to support somebody or to accomplish a goal, whether it's mine or a collective goal, I think that to me feels really fulfilling. Yeah. What about, so like, right. We're talking about when to know um, when you should stay or leave. And it feels like we've, we've talked about like what we value the most from what we enjoy out of a job being and knowing like, and also being valued by our employer or our boss or whomever. But what about like, how do you look for those things? And like, for me too, like, I feel like I've also learned that although like I can like be very introspective, I like to like work with other people. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to be at a job where I'm just sitting at my computer typing all the mm -hmm. time. So like, how do you vet those things or how does that influence your decision to stay or to no one to move on? Like, for example, if you're not like, if you're in a role where typically you're like heads down and you want to be more collaborative with the team, like for me, I would think like, well, are there opportunities for me to do that more within my existing role 
or do I need to make a change in terms of my career? Yeah, for me, you know, I I do rely quite heavily on conversations, not just with my boss, but with colleagues, kind of cross-functional people that I admire and respect in the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really just ask them, right, are there op- opportunities for me to do this? A, firstly, in my current role. B, if there isn't, then is there a role for me in this organization where I might have the opportunity to do that? Uh, and, you know, if many times I have been in roles where uh, people were just honest with me and to say, you know, I don't think you'll find that in this organization, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, then I take that sort of as a signal for, yeah, it's time to dust off that old CV and uh, go <laughs> look on LinkedIn. Yeah. That's a really hard question to answer, I think. I kind of I'm trying to think of a good clever way to say this. It's like I think about um, the percentage of my day where I'm kind of miserable, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously. No, like, you're right. You're right. You know what you're I mean? right. Like, Going back to Cheyenne's point, the cycles. Like, yeah. If your cycle becomes every day, then it's not a cycle. It's just like it's not a way good, of yeah, working place to be in. Yeah. And I think they're, you know, regardless of like, I think you have to look at the work that you're doing and you have to look at the amount of time you feel fulfilled, the, the amount of time that you feel frustrated. And you also have to look at the roadblocks. You have to acknowledge like, are these movable or are these stagnant? And if they're movable, then there might be room to work with that. But if they're stagnant and you feel like there isn't opportunity to move beyond and that you're kind of in this cycle of itself where you're not feeling fulfilled and not feeling um, – I, I think I think it has to do with those roadblocks. I think you and, ju- yeah, you just feel you know stuck. I mean? You feel stuck. And, like, you, you don't see that there's any path forward where yeah. you're going to find that joy and going to find that fulfillment. And so you're continually, continuously in this, like, perpetual cycle of, like – it's going to get better. It's going to get better. We're going to get to this point where it's going to get better. And then it doesn't, yeah. it just, it, that, that timeline <laughs> like keeps getting pushed out. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like, a, it's a bad relationship. And yeah. sometimes you just have to acknowledge that like, regardless of the intent and how hard you're working and how much you adore your team, and the colleagues, and maybe you're not even in that good of a situation where yeah. you have colleagues that you absolutely adore working with but you recognize that there's an opportunity for you to look beyond what you're currently working through and, and find something that's better aligned to you. So for me, you have, if, if I guess if I'm happy three of the five days of the week that I'm working, awesome. When it switches to, I'm only happy one or two days, then that's an opportunity to just look inside and say, is this something that's going to change? If yes, then you have an opportunity to think about staying. If no, then for me, that's the signal to say, all right, I think there's probably something better out there that will help me accomplish my goals because goals shift and goals change. And so it's also okay for you to make a decision to move on to something different. Yeah. I think what's coming to mind for me with this is 
there's the things that are external factors that make us want to leave our job. And then there are also things that are within our control that are Mm -hmm. habits that will come up in any job that we're in that we have to be mindful of. And this is something that like, I think about with moving careers of things where I need to draw better boundaries with how I like show up at work or get too like overly invested or making sure that like I have the confidence to know like when I turn off my laptop for the day, I'm not getting anxious about it. And like, Mm -hmm. this is good enough. And so I think that is an important factor to keep in mind when you're deciding whether or not you need to stay or go is like, what are the things that I'm controlling that I'm like, or not taking ownership of that I need to just be working on as myself in my career that will happen regardless of what company I'm at. Yes. And classic yes. And (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also important to look at the culture of the organization you're working for and to see if there's that flexibility inside of it to say, that's a really good point. Right. Like I, I, I think that is also an external force to consider is, you know, is this a culture where it's expected that if if there is emails to be sent mm-hmm. at midnight and you're okay with that, awesome. But yeah. if, if that's not something that you want to spend your time doing, there's probably something else out there that will be more suited to the way that you want to live your life and the way that you want to feel empowered in the job that you're in. Right. Right. Because it's not that you're scared of hard work. It's just you don't like exactly. there's other aspects of your life. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, because sometimes you might realize that this company has un, like not expectations that I'm not willing to like al- I, that I don't want to align with or exactly. feel like meeting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's this survey called the Energy Audit. Um, I'm trying to Google. So I... I can access it from Facebook, but um, I'm trying to find the company who created this survey because it looks like um, it was trademarked, the energy project. Yeah, but when I Google it, everything comes to, like comes out to do with electricity. <laughs> so <it's wrong. laughs> um, but the energy audit's a really interesting survey um, that that's that basically asks you questions that help you reflect on how you feel about the job that you're doing. So it asks you things like, um, are you excited to to do your work? Um, it also talks through, like, for example, uh, yeah, the question that you said, right, Katie, like, how many good days versus bad days do you have? So, like, how much time um, do you spend actually happy versus sad? Um, you know, have you had enough time to do work that you enjoy in the last one week or in the last two weeks or in the last three weeks? Um, or can you like not remember the last time that you had time to do work that you actually enjoy because you were kind of bogged down doing all this other stuff that you kind of have to do, but aren't materially impacting your notion of success in the role? So when we when we choose that we have this option to leave the job that we're in. And we say, there is something better out for me. I'm going to, I'm out there for me. I'm going to go and find it. How do you guys prepare? What does that look like? The process of preparing for interviews, pre- getting yourself in the right mindset to think about starting a new chapter, right? Cause this is a big commitment. When you start a new job, like it's at least, at least 40 hours 
of time that you spend there each week. And it's probably a lot more time that this sits on your mind. So how do you prepare yourself to find the right job, to find the next step in your career? I find it pretty hard because to Cheyenne's point, I don't get a lot from like job description. So I think for me, it's a lot of starting to just like double down on networking and Mm. talking to other folks or starting with actually companies that I'm curious about or industries that I'm interested in and start to like look through their job openings to see if anything kind of strikes my fancy. Mm. I think- yeah, and I would say also it's it's so hard to rely on sort of what's available out there and look at the job yeah. descriptions because some of the jobs that I've enjoyed the most in the lifetime of my career uh, have been really weird job descriptions. Like I, I would have <laughs> passed them. Um, I wouldn't even have kind of thought twice. And I, yeah. for the most part, I didn't even apply for them. So mm. yeah, it's, it's very strange, but I agree with Amanda, like putting yourself out there, um, you know, networking for sure, definitely um, speaking to people and letting them know kind of what you're looking for. And chances are um, they know somebody or they know of somebody who's hiring a role that's similar or they know of organizations who kind of work in the way that you you like to work. Um, so, yeah, I, I find that way more effective than sort of, you know, the traditional job hunt of looking out for roles and then reading job descriptions and applying. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think one of the things that I really admire in my friend who was in the job hunt about a year ago, um, also a friend of the podcast, you may have heard her voice on a previous episode, but she she created this metric um, or matrix rather of what are the components that I'm looking for in a career? Because I think one of the challenging parts of an interview is it can sometimes feel very one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like you are trying to get into this company, you're trying to get this job, but it's also an opportunity for you to look at the potential roles that you might be taking on and say, what is this going to meet for me? What are the expectations that I have of this job that I'm committing time to and really creating an intentional kind of map of what is it that you're looking for? What's important to you in this next step of your career? What's the kind of culture that you're hoping for? What's the kind of role that you're looking for? How do you want to feel fulfilled? And building a list of questions or variables that you want to measure against when you're assessing which company or which job offer to take. And so you can continually go back to essentially you in a spreadsheet and say, this is either going to meet my needs or it's going to be a miss. And I have the opportunity to ask more questions to get the clarity that I need to make the decision that's right for me in my next step. And I think in my last job transition, I think that was really um, inspirational for me to be able to say, I have this opportunity to look out and say, what is going to better fit me and my needs? So I would recommend really doing some soul searching and looking internally and saying, what are those things that are nice to have? What are non-negotiables? And what are the questions that I need the answers to in order for me to make the best decision for myself? Because it is a two-way street and we get to choose, especially because 
we're in the chapter of history where it's considered the great resignation. So it's an employee mark, employers mark, employee market. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like a, you know, like a buyer's market, employee yeah. market. Is that? It feels right. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Well, I also think as somebody who's like as a hiring manager and I just hired somebody recently, I think those are also questions that are really important to ask as a hiring manager because it also can help you understand how people are thinking and like what kind of role they are looking and what's important because you can help decipher of like you, you've been there. Like, is this going to be the right fit for this person based on what they're looking for? That's such a good point. And I'm actually really curious to ask your opinion on this next kind of segment. Let me rephrase that. I'm really curious about your opinion on this, Amanda. So when you're thinking about from the vantage point of a manager and you receive notice from a member of your team, right? So we talked about getting the job and thinking about the interview process and what you're looking for. But when you make that decision, you also have the hard, hard, um, what would be considered like the the challenge of telling the team that you're the on stress, currently. anxiety, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> sharing those news. feelings. Yeah, what what is that like when you're a manager and somebody comes to you and says we're breaking up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this has been your experience, Cheyenne, but I usually have like a sense that it's coming. Like, yeah, I can think of. Hundred percent. In most cases, like I'm like, okay, it's happening, and I I don't think I've ever been like I've never been angry with like anybody about it. I think I, I think from like the leadership perspective and Ted Lasso too, like mm-hmm. you you want the best for that person, and if they've grown out of that role it's not a good fit for them anymore. And it's honestly not a good fit for the business because they're not invested in the role and it's time to find somebody else who can like, you know, re-engage and like dial in. Because I think at that point when you're looking, you're you're kind of checked out. Would it be nice to be able to keep everybody and uh, help them flourish in the role? Yes, but there's some times where you just like a butterfly, you just outgrow it. You know, and I wonder too, right? Um, I read an article recently about how you shouldn't try and yeah keep the person. I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, it feels awkward for the person in that position, right? That you're like, I, I want to be able to support you, but right. I, I need to make this choice for me, and I've kind of made up my mind, and like, I respect that, but I think there's also an opportunity to kind of pave your own path. And, and that's just a potential barrier in the way of doing that. But yeah. What did the article say? But like, I, I think with getting to that counter offer, you've missed your role as a leader to not Mm. know the Mm -hmm. signs that somebody was not engaged or was considering looking at another opportunity. So like, not to say it's like a, a failure, but like you need to have those like conversations with your team and like know where their headspace is. And if they are considering and like, you know, if that's the time, I think, you know, in some cases you can be pretty open and they'll let you know when they're like, listen, if I don't, I don't see where I can grow. And, you know, maybe you also make that decision together. 
Yeah. Although I have been in a, in a situation before where I was not looking to leave. Yeah. I was very happy where I was. Um, uh, was contacted by a recruiter about yeah. a role and just decided to, sure, you know, I'll, I'll have this conversation. I'm really interested in, in what was said about the role, what was said about the company. So I kind of went all the way in the process um, and then ended up with an offer kind of double my salary. So uh, <laughs> wow. I have, you can't compete with. <laughs> I know. I know. So I, I have been in a situation where regretfully I had to kind of, yeah, I, I had to deliver the news with no yeah. inkling whatsoever that I was actually looking to leave because it wasn't any push factor at all. Yeah. Um, and and there are, there are some times when when that happens and I feel yeah, like Yeah, that's a really they, good point. Yeah. Well, and I think too it also depends on the employee on the team. I feel like I've surprised a manager too in my time by saying, you know, it's it's my time to move on to something different. Yeah. Because because of how I work, because I'm so committed to the work that I'm doing that I'm not going to slack off or, or show maybe traditional signs that I'm no longer engaged. I'm just like, I am a machine and I'm going to continue working this job and getting it done until I, I am able to get into a new opportunity. And so I feel like I've also surprised people yeah, by saying, yeah. you know what, this is, it's my time to find a different opportunity for myself. That's really true. And I think when it comes to like delivering the message, right, it's all like this is this is expected to happen, especially nowadays mm -hmm. where I think like what people change jobs at least 12 times within their career that as long as you're professional, right, and you follow through and help with the transition, that's all anybody can ask for you. And if you, if you give them more time, that's even better. But I mean, we have to be realistic here. Wait, so if I've already changed jobs or companies like six times in my career does that mean that I only have to work another like 15 years and then I can <laughs> that um, yeah I'm pretty sure that's how it works <laughs> perfect good to know um no it's it's interesting that stat too is from like probably like five years ago I learned from uh somebody so somebody it's yeah. an important. We'd have to yeah. do a fact check on it to see if whether it still holds true. Listen, listeners, we'll get back to you and let you know <laughs> how that shakes out. No, but I, I, I think it's, it's just, it's an interesting thing to keep in mind is that you know we, we get to kind of hold the reins in our own career path and make that decision for yeah. ourselves whether or not we think or believe that that um, that news will land well with the team or the manager that we're working with. And I think, you know, one of the challenges that I had with with my last transition is, listen, old members of the team, if you're listening, I adore you. And I miss working with you because you are some of the brightest, most wonderful people I've ever worked with. Truly, truly. It was so much fun. And I knew that it was my time to move on because it was what was right for me. And, and frankly, for my mental health to be able to find a job that was better suited for the boundaries that I needed to place between work and life. And so that conversation with my team was really challenging yeah. and I felt it was important for the people I worked most closely with, closely with to have that news come from me before they heard it from my manager in a, in a community setting. So I had to open up the conversation and say, 
Hey guys, so I've got some news. I've I've decided to take a different role. Um, and here is why. And I think, you know, I I probably I know I did. I had a couple of like, you know, very specific analogies. Like I feel like I'm leaving you stranded. I feel like I'm whatever. And and I and I hate that that's the situation. But I also know that this is what's right for my career path. And I'm really excited to be able to continue working with you in a different capacity because this time has taught me so much. And I'm so grateful for the relationship that we had. But this is just, it's what's right for me. And I think that's that felt like the best opportunity for me to reaffirm for myself why I made this move. And, and going back to the theme of this conversation is I had an opportunity to to make a career transition where I was betting on myself and betting on my capabilities and the skills that I've learned and the enlightenment that I've had from this podcast to be able to say, you know what, I, I know that there's something else out there for me. I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is going to be it. And this is going to be like the best thing ever, but I know that it's going to be more closely aligned to where I'm headed. And when you lead in with that, and when you're actually coming from a place of honesty and candor, 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 <laughs> coming from a place of candor, you're, you're able to, to say it in a way that feels very authentic. And if those people are your friends and your colleagues that truly care about you, then they're going to understand it. And it might be hard. It might be challenging for them when you leave the team, because let's face it, the three of us are linchpins and we really crush it wherever we work. <laughs> truly. I'm not, I mean, not to like inflate our egos, but like it's when we leave an organization, we leave a gap. And that's also part of the challenge of making that transition is acknowledging that when you leave, you leave a gap. But there, you also, when you leave a gap, you leave an opportunity for somebody else too. So spoken like a true manager. I love it. <laughs> it's true though. It really is. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> well, this has been certainly a very enlightening conversation. And I think you know, it's, it's not an easy one, right? These are some opportunities where we get to look inward and say, what is, what is going to be right for me and for my next step? We get to decide when we make that change or make that move. And perhaps listeners, audience, lovely friends of empaths at work, this is a invitation for you to look inwards and say, is this the career that I'm meant to be in? Or is there something else that's going to be better aligned to my skills? And then also knowing that when you can make that decision authentically, you have the opportunity to really ask the right questions to make sure the next step is going to be the right one for you. And you also get to talk to your team and to your manager to be able to share that this is in fact the right move for me. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm sad to leave this role, but I also know that whatever is coming next is going to be better aligned to where I'm headed. Definitely. And if you just were so inspired by this podcast, can we recommend that you share it with your friends, your pets, your therapist, therapist, whomever? (laughs) Um, We'd appreciate it. And I'm sure they would appreciate it too. And with that, make sure you are finding whatever opportunity is right for you listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ew, also known as Empaths at Work. We want you to engage in the conversation. Leave us a voice message by clicking on the link in the episode description. 
Now for the fine print. The opinions expressed in these podcasts are our personal opinions and don't necessarily reflect the views of any companies we are associated with as working women. That's all. Thank you.